launch into this, this series, as I mentioned, called Reckless Abandon. Last week, we ended our, our, our time together by talking about celebration, and I, I threw a verse of scripture up uh, from Luke chapter 15, verse 10, that I believe describes what happens in heaven when, when someone says yes to Jesus. I don't know if you caught it, but here's what the word says. It says, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Come on, you know that when someone says yes to Jesus, heaven celebrates. It erupts with a party like never before. It, 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 there's just a, an incredible, we had an incredible celebration last week. I believe it was after our, our third worship experience here. We had a little seven-year-old girl give her life to Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, somebody. No, I said, come on. Somebody gave their life to Jesus. We stopped what we were doing and we turned on a light bulb on that, that found sign. That found sign out there, I think there's 42 bulbs in it and, and they're not burnt out. They're just waiting to be activated. When someone says yes to Jesus, we kind of get up there and a person who once was lost is now found and we turn on that light bulb and we hoot and holler and celebrate and we get crazy. I think there was some dancing. Somebody did the worm on the floor. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. That's what happens, I believe, in heaven. Not the worm on the floor, but I think there's a celebration that happens in glory when someone gives their life to Jesus Christ. Amen? And here's the cool thing about that. You and I get to be a part of that. And do you realize that I believe that when someone is saved, that is the greatest miraculous work of God that, that we can experience? Come on, some of you know what I'm talking about, because you, you, you felt like you were too far gone or you had done too much. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, man, I can't believe that this building hasn't burnt down just for me being in its presence, right? But, but, but yeah, Jesus got a hold of your life. You finally came to that place where, where you acknowledged him. Scripture says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? Not banished, not condemned, not judged. No, no, you shall be saved. I love it. One of the greatest miracles that we experience. We sing come alive in the name of Jesus. Come on. We sing a house of miracles. Hey, today can be that in your life. You, 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 you can walk from, from, from an old way of living to a new way, right? You, 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 you can move from the darkness into, into the light. That's what Jesus does for someone. Amen. All right. I'll get in my sermon now. That was just a warm up. That's the pregame. Come on, somebody. My ankles have been taped. I've hydrated. I'm ready to roll today. It's a good day. Amen. And, uh, but, but I love that. You know, I, 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 we, we, we oftentimes talk about the, uh, our, our, our plan for our lives and what, what our calling is. And, and I don't know exactly. I just know that God has a plan for every one of your lives. You weren't created just to exist. You weren't created just to occupy dirt and space here on, on earth. There is a plan and a purpose that God wants for you, and he wants to use you. Uh, he wants to execute something in your life. And, but here's what I do know. I don't know what the specific thing is, but here's what I do know. The point of all of our lives is to point people towards Jesus, okay? I, I do know that for us as believers in Christ, that the point of our lives is so that we would point people to Christ. Are you, are you okay with that so far? I do believe that that's our calling. You shall go into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, making disciples. We just shared that with you earlier in the book of Mark. It says, go and preach the good news of Christ. That's our calling. We are to point people towards Jesus. How'd you do with that this week? Or did you blow up social media with some HOA, you know, mishap or something or 
you know, frustrated over this or that? Did you point people towards, towards Jesus? You know, it's so easy not to point people to Jesus, right? If you're not pointing people to Jesus, you're pointing them towards the, well, you can figure that one out. But our, our purpose is to point people towards Christ. Amen. That's why we are here. And so as we set out on a new journey today, and I pray that you would make time to be here as we journey together today, we want to talk about and begin to understand what does it mean to live our lives with reckless abandon? What does it mean to live our lives in such a way that, that we're not so concerned about, about what happens and, and, and we just, we understand this calling on our lives to point people towards Christ. And so today I want us to talk about the mentality that we must have. I want to talk about the, the mental game today. Even right now in this room, you don't know this, but subliminally, subliminally, we have things wafting through the atmosphere to kind of get you to think a certain way. Just kidding, we don't. But I do want us to talk about, they do that at movie theaters. And that's why they have popcorn. Come on, how many times, is it not hard to walk into a movie theater and not get a thing of popcorn? If you like popcorn, raise your hand, let me see. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Okay, you see, I'm telling you, I'm doing something to you right now. Today, I want us to talk about the mentality that we must have in order for us to live our lives in such a way that point people towards Christ, in order for us to live with this reckless abandon. I'm gonna read to you the Bible. I hope you're okay with that. If you're at home or on the beach or uh, in the air, I don't know, maybe you're flying right now and you've you paid the extra 10 bucks to log on to Wi-Fi. Um, but I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 9, beginning of verse 35, because I think in these four verses, we find the mentality of Jesus. And I hope that somehow it might become a shift for us today as well. It says this, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, and he's teaching in the synagogues, and he's announcing the good news about the kingdom, the kingdom. He's announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. And when he saw the crowds, Jesus had what for them? He had what? Come on, church. He had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Hey, today, I believe that we've got to have um, a shift take place in the way that we see our world, the way that we see lost people around us. Um, you, you know, the, 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 the mental game is a big deal when it comes to athletics. Now, I know a lot of times, oftentimes, the biggest, fastest, strongest team wins, that's one of the reasons why I love what I believe is the greatest game out there, the game of baseball, because there is so much um, thinking involved with that. Anybody can play football, but it takes a special athlete to play the game of baseball. Come on, where are you at, guys? Come on, somebody. There's so much strategery, as a former president would say, involved when it comes to this game of baseball. There's a mental aspect of it. And, and, and coaches will tell you, listen, that, that it is about, you know, 
you know, executing a great game plan. It is about knowing your assignments and blocking and all this stuff. But there's also this mental component that is such a big deal. And I believe it's a big deal when it comes to how we respond to a lost, broken, hurting world as well. We know that the mental fatigue and the weariness of of Olympic athletes finally gets them to a place where they just have to to take a break. They have to push the pause button. They just can't make it. My fear is that for so many of us in the church, we've gotten fatigued mentally when it comes to lost people around us, that we've, 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 we've just become weary. Or, or some of us really don't understand the significance or the importance of people around us. I mean, let's just be honest. It's easier just to get frustrated and mad at them than it is actually to step into their lives and, and, and try to offer help and hope, right? It's easy. We just don't have the, the mental capacity. We're tired. We're worn out. Man, we're like the hamster in the wheel. We're just trying to spin and make life happen, much less have a care or concern for other people around us. Well, we've got to have a mental mind shift. We've got to change our frame of mind. We've got to learn to think differently. So I want to share some things with you real quickly that I believe are important that we find here in this passage here in Matthew chapter nine, when it comes to us living our lives with reckless abandon, living our lives in such a way that we're pointing people to Jesus, right? One of the shifts I think that needs to take place is the way that we engage the lost. Now, I use the word shift because a lot of us need to to shift how we view lost people. Let me just remind all of us in this room, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have been saved, if you've been transformed by the Spirit of Christ, let me just remind you, you once were one of these people. When we use the word lost, what, what, what we talk about in the church world and, and what, it's, what it symbolizes even in, in scripture, it symbolizes someone who is far away from God. Listen, you were created for relationship with God the Father. That relationship is created. You have that not by going to church, not by reciting scripture, not by following the Ten Commandments. All those things are important, but you have a relationship with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, right? You cannot be good enough, but Jesus did something that, that allows you and I to have a relationship with God. Anyone who is not in relationship with God, that's what you were created for, but you're far from him. When we say you're lost because you're out there trying to figure it out. You're trying to figure out what purpose is and, and where direction is. And you're looking for hope along with toilet paper. And you're looking for so many things in life and you just can't find it, right? Well, you need Jesus. I think a lot of us in the church, it's easy for us. We need to have a shift in our mindset when it comes to engaging the lost because a lot of us are like, oh, they're so repulsive. I can't believe that they think that way, right? And we just need to remind ourselves that we once were like that. This young girl last week, praise God, by the age of seven, she made a decision for Christ and is allowing him to transform her life. For me, it was the age of nine. For some of you, though, it's the age of 20. Some of you, it's the age of 50, whatever it is. But, 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 but we need to remember, we need to have a shift in our thinking, we, we need to have a shift in, 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 in I believe, the, 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 the way we spend our time. So many of us, were so busy that we don't have time, do we, to engage lost people. You know, for us, just, hey, listen, can I just encourage you to, to call up somebody that you know far from Christ and, and, and take them lunch? You're like, bro, I just don't have time. I'm just trying to make it through. 
And to schedule time to hang out with lost people? Some of us don't want to hang out with lost people because we're afraid that we might get that disease, right? They might rub off on us, right? Let me just remind you, Jesus was known as a friend of sinners, right? You, 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 you seldom find Jesus hanging out with religious people that think they've got it all figured out. But what you do is you find him hanging out with people that are far from God, people like you and me. Aren't you thankful that Jesus would be willing to step into my life and your life and want to spend time and have a relationship with us? And let me just remind you, it's not how you start in life, it's how you finish. And so no matter how bad you think you are, listen, today can be a day of transformation and a new beginning for you. Hallelujah. You can be made new and transformed. I think some of us need to have a shift in, 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 in the way we think, not just about who we hang out with, but some of us need to have a, a shift in how we, we think about this thing called church, what we're doing here. You know, a lot of us, we, we, we just kind of think that, that, that this is a sponge. It's, it's really ratchet. It's dirty. I, I've already done this once today, but that's okay. It'll be clean by the end of this experiment. But but a lot of us are like this as believers when it comes to the church. We, we, we believe that we're just called to sit and to soak. I'm here just to gather together with other people, drink some coffee and uh, 15 year celebrations coming up here in a couple of weeks here in September. We're going to have cookies for you guys with the number 15 on. It'll be a great party. It'd be awesome. But some of us think we're just called to sit and soak. I'm just called to, to sign up for a life group and be a part of that. And I'm, just, I'm supposed to grow in my knowledge and my understanding of who Christ is. And yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put in another gold star on the attendance chart. So many of us believers think that, hey, listen, this is all we're called to church. Gathering on Sundays for 70 minutes. Woohoo! good job. But in reality, we're not called to sit and soak. See, the reality is for you and I as Christians, as believers, we're, we're called to soak in the word and be transformed so that we in turn can be, check this out, wrung out for the Father's purposes. We're, we're to be wrung out, we're to be used up, we're to be poured out. As my ministry assistant reminded me of, she said, listen, we, we're called to be a pipeline, not a bucket, right? Thanks, Sabrina, maybe you should preach this sermon for me today. That's awesome. But some, listen, your calling is not to sit and soak. We're called to be wrung out with, for Christ and his purposes to be poured out just as Christ's blood was poured out for us. Check this out, church. This is our purpose. Are you engaging lost people? Are you strategic? Do you know anybody that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ? If you don't, you need to find some lost friends. Now, you need to be careful because I do believe that, you know, you need, you know, bad company can corrupt good character. I get that. It's Proverbs. I understand that. But listen, if all we do is hang around in our, in our holy huddles, what, what hope is there going to be for lost people in a culture around us? You, 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 you need to know some people far from God. You do. You need, to, you need to have opportunities to invest in porn. We've got to be willing to engage the lost. Hey, listen, we were called to infiltrate, not isolate. Oh, that's good. Tweet that mess. We were called to infiltrate, not isolate. Are you with me there? We, we, we've also got to learn, as Jesus did, we've got to learn to see people for their need. Check this out. We need to see people for their need, not their sin. So many of us think, oh my, they're so repulsive. 
You know, they're so, rep- I just, oh. Listen, we, we need to see their need. Jesus says, it says he looked around and he saw people with every kind of disease and illness. He saw them. He had compassion on them. They were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw their need and he steps into that. Listen, if we're going to live our lives with reckless abandon, we've got to look past a person's inadequacies, deficiencies, sinfulness, and we need to see the core, their need. They need Jesus. He is a miracle worker. He is someone who can transform an individual's life. Some of you know what I'm talking about because he saved a wretch like you, did he not? Aren't you thankful for amazing grace? We need to look past people's junk and funk. I'm reminded of a lady one day that was about to get stoned to death by by people because of her way of living, her lifestyle, and her choices she had made. Jesus shows up on the scene. Jesus just shows up at the right time, does he not? This might be the right time for you listening here today. He shows up. And instead of condemning this lady and picking up a rock, say, hey, fellas, can I join the party? No. He kneels down in the sand and he begins to write some words. They drop their rocks and they bail. And here's this lady. I, I, I envision her kind of cowering and hunkered over, just ready to, to bear the brunt of the stones that were going to be lobbed her direction. Jesus says, where are your accusers? She looks and they're not there. He says, I don't condemn you either, but go and sin no more. He stepped into her world. He looked past her sin and saw her need for a savior. Let me just remind you as we engage the loss and as we see their need, you need to remember they are not our enemy. They're not our enemy. In this passage I just looked at, did Jesus look at these people and say, oh gosh, you guys, you're hopeless. No. Did, did it say that Jesus was so put out with them and he just says, I don't have time for this. I'm afraid some of that might run. No. See, no, no. G- G- Jesus did not see these people as his enemy, but he saw them as an object of great affection because he stepped in. It says he was healing every kind of sickness and and disease. He was traveling around. He was looking for people in need. Listen, can I just tell you something? In fact, in this scripture, Jesus says, hey, listen, lost people aren't the problem. Listen, the harvest is not the problem here. The harvest being lost people, the harvest is not the issue here in Matthew chapter nine. The issue is a lack of believers. It's a lack of workers. It's a lack of people that are willing to step into the brokenness and the hurt and the ugliness of culture. Listen, I get it. It's easy for us to rant and rave and gripe and complain about the way that lost people act in our culture, is it not? I can't believe they're protesting. I can't believe they're making these decisions. What was that politician thinking, right? What, what, what? It is so easy for us to, listen, that's all they know. That's the, they're called lost people, They don't know the truth and they're only acting like they know how, but we shouldn't be put out with that. We need to respond with the heart of Jesus. They're not our enemy. These are people that Jesus died for. 
Just as he came in and he died for you, he died for them as well. And he's looking for us. Hey, will we answer this call to step into those? Will we see people not as our enemies, but as an object of God's great love and affection? Is that you today? Will you do that? Our enemy is the enemy. Hey, AKA Satan, the devil himself. He's prowling around. He's looking for people to devour. He came to steal, kill, and destroy is what the word of the Lord says. That's what he does. He's the enemy. Not the people that are saying things about you. Not the people that, that are, are, are argumentative. Not the, they're not your enemy. The enemy's the enemy. Those people are people that need the compassion and the love of Jesus. And Jesus is calling us, church, in this passage to be willing to step in to that. Are you with me? Some of you are going, man, I just don't know if I have the chops for that. Come on, what, what kind of training did these 12 had when Jesus called them to follow him? And, and it doesn't say that they immediately go and enroll in seminary. Some of these guys were, were just off the rails, right? That's what Dallas Jenkins portrays some of them as in The Chosen, right? I love that. It gives me great hope that even people off the rails that God can still work through and use them. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Come on, where are my off the rail type people in this room today? Amen. Yeah, I can. Yeah, you are. I'm glad you No, but that's what he does. They didn't sign up for school. There wasn't some, hey, listen, we got a crash course. We're going to do the Cliff Notes version of what it means to be on mission for God. No, they just begin to follow him. They begin to listen to his teaching. They begin to model and do as he did. Yeah. And so for some of you, you need to know that today because you see with God, all things are possible. And as impossible as you think you are and as hopeless as you think you are, I'm just telling you with God, all things are possible. Matthew chapter 19 verse 26 reminds us of that with God, all things are possible. There are some things that are humanly impossible, but I'm telling you, he's never lost a battle. He never will. All things are possible with him. Are you with me today? Come on. Philippians 4, 13. I had that verse written, Pastor West, under the brim of my baseball hat. Because I love baseball because you can strike out seven out of 10 times and make contact three times and you're a Hall of Famer. And I had to remind myself oftentimes, many, many days in the outfield, pull my hat off and say, yep, Philippians 4.13 reminds me, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And if that's not enough, I just want to remind somebody here today of what it says in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says this, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Come on, some of you are like, man, I, I'm just, I'm freaking out a little bit nervous now. I just hope he's not gonna call us to, to take a bold stand and, and go out and witness to somebody this week. Well, I am gonna do that, but that's okay. Just wait, hang in there with me. First of all, I wanna remind you that the Christ in you is more than enough. Listen, we don't save people. You know that, right? We, we, we do not save people. We simply go and tell. We simply go and share. We put ourselves out there and we are obedient and we, we say, hey, hey, God, I need you to do this through me. Holy Spirit, I need you to rise up right now and just do a work. 
we speak, he does the work. Does that make sense to you? And I want you to know that you have more than enough. You hear us talk about the same power that conquered the grave lives within us. We sing songs about that. We sang today about resurrection power. Come on, that same power, Christ is in you. And I've just reminded you that with him, all things are possible. Come on, with Jesus in you, you have more than enough to step into a situation in which you feel just not adequate. How many of you can remember a time in which you felt like you weren't enough, but then Christ showed up and did it, and it was like, holy moly. Is that, is that, can you, is that, thank you, Lord, right? That's what he does. That's what he does. With God, all things are possible. And so there might be an individual that the Lord brought to your mind earlier today when I asked you, hey, who is someone that you know that doesn't have a relationship with God? Right now, they would be considered lost. Who is that person? And you're like, man, I just, if, if, if I step into that and speak out, I'm just afraid I might, I might damage the relationship. What? Are you kidding me? Man, the, 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 the hope that you profess as a believer is the most life-giving message, the most life-giving words that we could ever share. If you truly care for someone, why would you not share that? Man, I, I've just never done it. I don't, I don't have the words to say. I'm, I'm just telling you, the Bible's littered with people just like you. Moses was a stutterer, and look what God did through him. <laughs> When he simply said, here I am, I'll do it, Lord. Throw down that rod, snakes. I mean, God can do some stuff, can he not? And he can do a work through you. Would you be willing to live with reckless abandon, with the hope that you profess? I, I want to ask you to do something this week. You have an assignment this week. I'm not necessarily going to ask you to, 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 to witness to someone and use your words and to share your Jesus story with, although that is allowable. <laughs> I'm not going to be upset if you do that this week. But here's what I want you to do. I, I want you to do at least this this week. I want every one of us listening, those of you that are online, those of you that are in the room right now, I want you to do at least this this week. Could you invite somebody to come and join us next weekend in this very room? Now, I don't know if you're in the business of inviting people to church. Do you do that? Listen again, you invite people to things that you believe in, places where you have a good experience. Do you not tout it? Do you not, man, you're gonna rate it and, and review it. I stayed at a hotel a few weeks ago, man, I'm blowing it up. Woo, this awesome service. I love the green accents in the atrium. I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking about now, do you ever invite somebody and tell them about Jesus? Do you believe in this enough? Do you love this house? Do you love who, who shows up here? I'm not necessarily, the, I mean, yeah, we love the people, but don't you love the presence of God in this house? Would you invite somebody? Now, here's why I want you to invite them. First of all, because next Sunday, I'm going to share a message. I'm going to share the gospel message. And if you'll get them here, I'm anxious to see what the Spirit of God will do in their life. You just got to invite. You got to tell somebody. You got to bring them. So I do want to ask you to do that. 
I want to ask everyone to think of somebody they know that does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that if they were to die right now, they would spend eternity separated from God. Not because he's bad and he doesn't want people to be with him. No, no, no. He made a way for people to be with him. And it was through the blood of his son, Jesus. Scripture tells us that people that do not have a relationship with the father spend an eternity separated from him. That might be you here today or those of you that are online listening right now. Maybe I'm talking to you right now. Maybe you've never called upon the name of the Lord and been saved. Maybe you've never come to that place in your life where you understand all the sin. And that simply means all those things wrong in my life that go against what God's plan is for my life. The way I hurt him the way I live. Again, I want you to know that attending church and coming to services and being able to quote scripture, that's not what saves the person. But what saves the person, scripture says, is calling upon the name of the Lord, admitting that you need Christ, asking him to forgive you of your sins, (laughs) allowing him to come in and not just be your savior, but to be Lord of your life. That word Lord means I give him control. Listen, you need not be afraid about giving Jesus Christ the control of your life. I've never met a person that said, you know what? I gave my life to Jesus and let him take over and you know, worst decision I've ever made. I've never met that person. I haven't. And sometimes we may not like the things he calls us to do as a result of giving him lordship of our lives, but I'm telling you, he's come to give you life. Life abundant and free. Is that you? Maybe I'm talking to you today. Today could be the day of new life for you. Scripture says, if any man is in Christ, Mark, he's a new creation. The old things pass away. All things become new. Would you stand with me today? You guys are awesome. And those of you that are watching online, thanks for hanging in there with us today. And not watching NFL primetime or something like that. Thank you so much. Our ministry team is going to come stand down front. And these are a group of people that every Sunday stand down front because they care about you and they want to pray with you and step into your need. They want to answer questions you might have. They want to encourage you with a word from the Lord. But today, maybe you're here and, and you would say, you know what? I need to give my life to Jesus. I want to be made new. I want to be transformed. I want to give him lordship of my life. I want him to take over. I'm just tired of trying to do it myself. Those of you watching online, you can text right now. We've got pastors that are watching. And if you'll send a message, listen, they will respond to that and we'll get you connected as well. God, I want to thank you that you're still in the business of saving people, that you're not done. In fact, God, I believe that, that, that you're waiting on us to to, to live our lives with reckless abandon more. God, you want people to hear the gospel. You want people to have an opportunity to respond to you. And so, God, I believe you're waiting on us. And so I'm praying, God, that you would shake your church and wake us, God, to this calling. We're not called to sit and soak, but God, we're called to go and tell. And may we live lives this week that honor you, And may we live lives this week that point people to Jesus, all for your glory. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed.